Welcome to the Careers, Employability and Skills podcast from Queen's University, Belfast. This episode was recorded during one of the Employability Skills bite-sized sessions with the topic on impressing at meetings and is hosted by Roshin McCartney from the Queen's Careers, Employability and Skills Department. So once again, the session today is one of a set of short employability skills sessions. They're all aimed at helping you to identify skills that you might already possess. Maybe you're not necessarily good at talking about them and perhaps some that you might want to gain as well. And the attention, intention in creating these sessions is basically to help you be able to talk about these sort of skills at interview, to get you thinking about them and, you know, to have some knowledge about the skills themselves. So the idea is that I will give you a framework around the topic and you match that to your own skills and experience. And then at the end of the session, I'll give you some examples of the sort of questions, certainly not all of the questions, the sort of questions that you might get asked at interview around this sort of topic. And to some extent, you know, meetings isn't necessarily a topic that you'll get asked specific questions about unless you happen to be going for a job where you'll be asked to organise meetings. And that's that's a lot of jobs, actually. Um, but it's more likely to be questions around things like working in teams and stuff. But the same sort of stuff applies. Um, but I wanted to include this topic just to give you more confidence in meetings whenever you start new jobs, because it's not something that you necessarily do a lot of before you start jobs. And as I was just saying to Karen before we started, this is the um, session so far that has the biggest number of people registering for it. So I'm assuming that that probably means that it, it does sort of um, hit the mark with some people, you know, with quite a few people that they can understand that it is quite important, this, this particular subject. So use what you learned today to help you prepare answers to this interview questions. I always say keep your answers in one place. They're there then for you to build on as you get more experience and more skills. Um, and the topic of impressing in meetings, I have sitting under business communication, one of our 12 um, transferable skills. But because it is a transferable skill, it could easily sit under some of the other headings as well. So things like leadership skills, because obviously you want to be able to hold good meetings as, as a leader, interpersonal skills, teamwork and communication skills. Okay, so what I want to talk about then today, or what I want to cover today, is a look at why meetings are important. And that's from the angle of impressing in meetings rather than, you know, getting the, the job of getting work done. What makes an effective meeting? A little bit on the basic jargon around meetings and what is involved in a formal meeting. But of course, not all meetings are structured formally. There's, you know, probably be more very informal meetings than formal ones. Queen's is a place that has lots and lots of formal meetings. Um, very importantly, probably the most important part of today are the, the do's and don'ts of meetings, what's generally frowned on. I'll talk a little on spreading, uh, on speaking up at meetings which, you know, is hard for many people to do. And as usual, we'll finish off with some sample interview questions. Okay, so I want to start with why I've put the session here in the first place. 
as I said, you're probably not going to be asked specifically about meetings unless your job is to organise them. And that's entirely possible depending on the type of job that you do. But the main reason is to help you to have confidence about what is expected of you at a meeting. Not to feel too nervous about going to them because I know that many people do not like having to attend meetings. And for many, it's because they can be boring, they can be time wasting, but it's also because it can be a bit nerve wracking. Some of the feedback that we would get from companies that our students go out to for work experience is around whether a student has been strong or poor in meetings, because you know that's something that's quite visible for the company. So it is an important topic to you know to know something about and certainly to know the do's and don'ts of. Um, you might not have any experience of formal meeting structure or jargon, and that can be challenging. So we'll go over you know a little bit of that. But meetings are one of the places that you get a chance to impress and influence people that you don't necessarily have access to on a day-to-day -day work basis. Um, often those people can be senior to you, can be from other departments. So it gives you a chance to create a good impression with people who could be influential on your career. It also gives you a chance to learn the business of other departments. So attending meetings you know, and attending them well is important. You may well be the most junior person at the meeting and possibly the newest to the company. You may be there representing your department or your project and you might have to present to the meeting or make your case or even fight your corner. Lots of different sort of reasons that you might be at the meeting. If you're new or the meeting is covering many different topics, you might not have a clue what is being talked about and I've certainly been in lots of meetings where that's been the case. You may not understand the office politics. You might be surprised by the company culture if it's new to you. Sometimes it's only whenever you're actually in meetings, when people come together, that you really see how people behave and interact. And it can be quite eye-opening, um, but it can also be quite challenging to be in the midst of it. And of course, for some of you, it can be difficult to speak up at meetings. Many people dread the thought of having to speak at meetings. Generally, you know, because they're more introverted in nature, uh, perhaps they're shy, perhaps they're inexperienced. So we'll talk a little bit about speaking up at meetings and you might not love speaking up, but you can cope with it. I suppose that's the main thing to take away from it. So what I want to do is give you an opportunity to put into the chat some ideas of what you have of what not to do in meetings. I thought that might be. Sorry? Roisin, can I yeah. just interrupt you? Can I just double check with the audience that they can actually see the chat? Could someone in the audience just put a message into the chat to let me know that you can see it, please? Just a yes, anybody? Okay, super. All right, All right. sorry to interrupt. That's okay. Right, thank you. So, so if you can't see the chat then, um, I just want to give you an opportunity to put in some ideas that you might have of what not to do in meetings. Um, and we will we'll get to it later. I'll have my own ideas to give you, but you might have some good ones as well. So there's a few minutes for you to be able to you know, think about that before I get to it. So if you'd like to put some of your ideas in there and Karen, you could maybe um, note them for me for whenever I get to it. Surely. So first of all, does it have to be a meeting and do I have to go to it? I was at an event a few years back and the 
then student president was there. And I remember him saying that they were on 40 different committees, 40 different committees. And I was quite horrified, to be honest, because every committee means numerous meetings and constant meetings are tough. So before you call a meeting, consider if you really need to have it. You know, people spend so much time in meetings that it's important to actually hold one that should be a meeting. So are the right people in the meeting? Sometimes decisions can't be taken because the right people are not there or people who are not close enough to the issue are invited and really have nothing to say about it and have their time and other people's time wasted as well. So it has to be the right people in the meeting as well. Sometimes it just takes a lot of time and it wastes a lot of time. So consider, is it the best way to communicate this particular issue? Is it just, you know, giving people information? Could it have been done in another quicker and more useful format? And certainly with all of the online meetings and technology that we're using these days, you know, there's lots of different ways to share information with people. So consider, is that the best way to do it rather than having a meeting in the first place? And meetings, and I suppose not an awful lot of people think about it in this way, but meetings are expensive. Each attendee at the meeting is away from their work to attend. Um, so you have to consider how many people are there for the length of time that they're there and their hourly salary. And it can add up to being an expensive meeting, especially if you don't actually achieve what you want to achieve. And if the meeting is badly controlled, the discussion can end up going round and round in circles and getting no resolution. So if at the end of a meeting, the comments include things like, well, that was a waste of my time or that's an hour I'll never get back, then you know that it was a badly organized meeting that probably should not have been a meeting at all. So consider, you know, whether it should be a meeting in the first place. Because meeting time can be so time consuming and often very static, you know, they can be very long, a whole afternoon and that sort of thing. Some companies have tried out different ways of doing meetings. Obviously, we're all doing online meetings at the minute, but before that, there were standing meetings and walking meetings. Stand-up meetings are generally daily update meetings where a team maybe meets to go over the progress of tasks or, you know, how things are progressing. I, I know my husband who works in IT has an online version of these at the minute, but they're called scrums. And I have to say, if I didn't know the terminology beforehand, I'd be very frightened to be invited to a scrum. So it, it's useful to know what the terminology is in the company that you're working in. The fact of them being standing meetings mean that generally they will be shorter because people don't have the comfort of sitting, basically. So it's a deliberate way of keeping things short and informal and, you know, to the point, basically. And then walking meetings, as I said earlier, you know, you can spend a huge amount of your time sitting in meetings and we know that that's not very healthy. So some companies get around that by having walking meetings. It might be a 20 minute walk in the park where you brainstorm ideas for something, or it could even, if you're in a big building, be walking within the building. It would no doubt be more informal. And, you know, some people say it allows for more creativity in the meeting. It's not as static as a sit down meeting. It won't work for a formal meeting. 
it won't work for like big numbers or if you have to have papers with you or you need to take a vote. It certainly won't work if you have the wrong shoes on or if the weather is bad. You know, imagine arriving for a meeting in your high heels with a briefcase full of papers or your laptop and then being told that's going to be a walking meeting just to freshen things up. Um, you can see that it wouldn't always work and you definitely need to have advance notice if the meeting is going to be anything out of the ordinary. So anything other than a, a sit down meeting, you should be making sure that people are aware of that. And so for the most part, people fall back to the more usual type of meetings and generally hope that there'll at least be a decent cup of coffee there, which is certainly not always the case. Okay, so effective meetings, what will it take to make an efficient, effective meeting? And for me, an effective meeting should leave you feeling that you've really accomplished something. In order to feel that it was effective, you have to have achieved the objective of the meeting. So you need to know what the meeting, you know, what the outcome of the meeting is that you want to achieve. So an effective meeting will achieve the objective that it was held for. That means that you need to know what the outcome is that you want to achieve and you need to have communicated that to the participants. It's not enough if you're the organiser to know what you want to achieve from it. You also have to give the participants knowledge of that as well and advanced knowledge of that is, is better. So do you want to reach a decision? Do you want to genera generate ideas? Do you want to get a status report? Either way, you know, the, the attendees, the team members, need to know what the objective is so that they can achieve it. And number two then, the meeting is kept as short as possible. Things are kept streamlined. You stick to the plan for the meeting, the agenda. You don't get sidetracked. People are held to time. People coming to the meeting are prepared and they have the right information at the right time. The meeting is started on time and you don't recap for latecomers. So you keep things to as short as possible because people are always complaining that meetings just take up too much of their time. Number three there, it follows a sensible process. And by that, I mean that a meeting needs to be managed. So the conversation is kept, kept on track. There's a high level of participation from everyone. So everybody you know, has a chance to speak at it. No one person takes over the conversation. There's a logical process for making decisions that everybody's aware of, everybody understands. The items are summarised, the agenda items are summarised at the end and action points are noted for follow-up. So there's just a sensible flow, a sensible process for the meeting. So now I want to just look quickly at some meetings jargon and there's not an awful lot of it most of the jargon is going to be about the actual subject that the meeting is about and I'm afraid I, I can't give you anything on that um, so I don't really want to focus on the structure or formality of meetings but rather on how to be your best at meetings but I kind of think that you can't really do your best at a meeting unless you understand the formality of it so I want to touch on some of the jargon around you know that sort of formal process so depending on where you go to work most of your meetings are likely to be less formal but there are many occasions when meetings are very formal so it's best to be in the know about them um, there isn't really much to it you'll probably be familiar with it but obviously you start with the agenda 
and the agenda is basically just the plan for the meeting. Um, the minutes, which is the written record of the meeting, taken by an agreed minute taker. So your agenda is basically what's going to happen at the meeting and the minutes are a record of what did happen at the meeting. The chair, or less formally, it might be like a team lead or a project lead, who is formally in charge of the meeting and they have the role of managing the proceedings. And, you know, that does sound very formal, but essentially it might just be that they open and close the meeting, move the discussion along the agenda, maybe ask questions, ask people to speak that haven't spoken, um, maybe organise voting if there has to be some. And they make sure that they stick to the objective of the meeting. And then the action points are basically what is agreed at the meeting, you know, who agrees to do what by when. Okay, so that's the, the basic jargon of, of the meetings. So in a little bit more detail then, um, and remember that this will all be in the, the PDF link that, that I'll give you. So the agenda, as I said, is basically the plan for the meeting and it's based on the objectives for the meeting. So, you know, you can't really start to create an agenda until you know what the meeting is for, what the objective is. The participants should see the agenda in good time before the meeting so that they know what to expect and that they can prepare for it. It might be an informal, you know, couple of bullet points in an email, or if it's a formal meeting, it might be fully laid out with, and the details are there. So the date, and, the, date the time and the place of the meeting, the name of the person leading the meeting or the chair. The purpose of the meeting, again, back to that objective again. Apologies, so the names of the people who've been invited but who can't be present at the meeting. And, you know, that's, that's recorded as well. Um, reflection on the previous meeting's minutes and discussion of any matters relating to the previous meeting where appropriate. Basically, the chair will ask if everyone agrees with the minutes of the previous meeting. You're all expected to have read them. And if not everyone agrees with it, there'll be some discussion about that and possibly a change to the minutes. The main agenda items for discussion, and these should be prioritised with the most important item coming first. And if it's a formal meeting, then they probably will have an amount of time allocated to it as well. Um, you know, depending on how long things are likely to take. And that's a way of, you know, making sure that the meeting runs to time and making sure that you also get to agenda items at the bottom of the list as well as those at the top. Generally, that would only be used for pretty formal meetings. Um, any other business, and there may be extra things to raise at this point that people within the meeting will want to bring forward. And then there'll be a discussion at the date and time of the next meeting. And as I said, those would be circulated ahead of the meeting and with any relevant papers that should be read, you know, around the topics on the agendas and that. And they should be read before the meeting as well. So that's the agenda or the plan for the meeting. So the minutes then. Minutes should be taken by someone that's appointed as the minute taker. 
during the meeting. And if it's a, a formal sort of committee, there'll be a regular minute taker. But if it's an informal one, then that might just rotate around the people that are actually attending there. And, you know, you might just be asked informally at the beginning of a meeting, would you mind taking a few notes on, on you know, what's discussed? Um, depending on the nature of the meeting, the minutes should capture some or all of these um, following aspects of it. And again, if, if it's very formal, then there's often very specific requirements for the minutes. So, you know, maybe if you are working in a public body, um, certainly senior committees in Queens and that would have very, you know, formal minutes taken. Um, but as I said, most committees, you know, most um, meetings, the minutes will be fairly informal. But they should include uh, the date, time and venue of the meeting, the name of the person leading the meeting, the chair, the names of all the attendees and also the apologies that have been received, agenda topics covered and note if they were not covered because they'll probably move to the next meeting. And within that then, you know, if you're discussing agenda topics, it'll be around a definition of the problems or the issues or the challenges discussed, the alternatives or the solutions that were presented at, at the meeting and details of any decisions made. And I put that there because some people think that minutes have to be a sort of verbatim report of what has happened. But essentially for each agenda item, you'll just want to cover what was the problem, what were the solutions discussed, what's the decision made, okay? And so the agreed action points then, and again, the, you know, a note of the person who's responsible for delivering them, the timescales or deadline, deadlines identified, essentially, you know, who is doing what and by when. And then the date and time of the next meeting. So the minute taker should record the minutes in whatever way is easiest for them but you also have to be careful that it's not terribly distracting so for example you might be doing you know taking the notes onto a laptop which is pretty acceptable these days some people will still do it with pen and paper whatever is most comfortable for you but obviously they whatever way it's done they then have to be transferred into a formal set of meeting of minutes afterwards the minutes then are sent out to the participants after the meeting and then at the next meeting, the participants are asked if they agree with the minutes, if they're accurate, if they reflect, you know, an accurate reflection of what happened at the previous meeting. And that would always come up as an agenda item. Okay, so that's most of the formality over. I've already spoken to you about the chair and about action points. So um, just to get back to if anybody had any ideas in the chat, Karen, about what not to do in meetings at all? We did, Roshi. Yeah. The, um, there were quite a number of um, points that the students have made referring to inappropriate and unprofessional behaviour. Um, yeah. Any, any you can read out? Absolutely, yes. So, um, so we have from George's, um, don't show up late. Yeah. And uh, um, Charlotte has said, don't talk over others, you know, um, uh, so we're kind of not listening um, or don't turn up being unprepared and not having completed the work that you agreed to complete. Yeah, um, 
We've got, um, so make sure that your phone is on silent. So don't attend a meeting if your phone isn't on silent. Yeah. Um, that was from Yetting. And also, um, again, this kind of inappropriate behaviour, take your shoes off. So, you know, you can be <laughs> a bit too relaxed. Yeah, um, maybe in some places that might be okay, but not in most meetings, I would say. I would say, you know, you would need to know if it's an informal meeting or, you know, they, you know, the people who are going to be there are fine, but, uh, um, you know, but not certainly not a business meeting. Yeah. I imagine that wouldn't be um, appropriate. Isabel has said uh, um, it wouldn't be appropriate not to pay attention. So listen um, and uh, listen to what's been said. And uh, um, Nikki has said, you know, about being dismissive of other participants, you know, so uh, um, so that's kind of linked to the point that Isabel made. And Olan has said, you know, don't yawn. So yawning um, is, uh, um, again, um, not very appropriate. And also, uh, um, Nikki has also said about being too personal with colleagues, asking, uh, um, you know, intrusive questions. So I suppose kind of moving off the uh, um, agenda, not sticking to business yeah. and uh, um, asking questions that aren't uh, um, really appropriate. Um, so those are the things that uh, um, Nikki's also said about not eating during meetings. Some people, you know, might uh, um, might eat, but unless that's been clarified or at lunch yep. or, you know, canopies or whatever I'll, are included. I'll cover that. I'll cover that one. Yep. So, yeah. Okay. So that's what we have so far, Roisin. Great. Okay. Well, I think that you've got an awful lot of what I intended to say. I never mentioned taking off your shoes, so that was a new one for me. Thank you for that one. Um, but lots of things around that line is probably also um, inappropriate. So here's the ones that I came up with. And, you know, it's all about your behavior at the meeting. So again, a lot of these have been said, and I'll just say a little bit more about them then. So don't show up unprepared. Um, other people will notice if you consistently show up unprepared. Think about the impression that this gives to other people. This is your opportunity to actually impress other people. So coming prepared is something that you need to be doing. And that's the, you know, knowing what's on the agenda and reading the uh, papers as necessary. Remember that, that other people that are at that meeting are all busy as well. So if you show up unprepared and they've spent time preparing for it, you know, their opinion of you is not going to be very good. So consider why you've been asked to the meeting in the first place. What is your role? What's the most valuable contribution that you can make to it? Do your preparation based on why you've been asked to attend the meeting. If there are papers to read, then read them. If there were action points that you were supposed to action, then make sure that you do that. So yeah, that's definitely a sh don't show up unprepared. Don't show up late came up as well. Showing up late looks either like you can't manage your time or this is not important to you. So, you know, imagine you're, you're coming into the meeting late, you're sneaking in, which looks really bad. You're disrupting other people. And, you know, you're having to start a meeting possibly by apologizing for sneaking in late. So it doesn't do you any favors in terms of impressing. And also, you know, coming up, coming in late, again, consider the cost. I said to you that meetings are very expensive. Imagine, you know, if a staff member who's 15 minutes late to the meeting, but the meeting can't start without them. 
And that means that each person there will have wasted 15 minutes of the company time just waiting on somebody else to attend. Likewise, if the meeting goes ahead and you miss the first 15 minutes, then the chances are that you will have missed the most important discussion. Because, you know, if an agenda has been prioritized, as I mentioned to you, with the most important items at the beginning, then that's what you miss. And people can't afford the time to catch you up. So you may even have been given action points that you might have missed entirely. There's always, you know, a, a running joke at meetings that if someone isn't there, then they get given the action points to do, which seems fair enough in some ways. Um, the first thing that you might know of having to do action points is when you read it in the minutes, maybe only a day or two ahead of the next meeting. So, you know, try and be there on time. Being on time for meetings shows, you know, maturity and professionalism and courtesy to the rest of the meeting attendees. If you know that you will be unavoidably late, and of course that, that does happen, then let the organiser know beforehand and apologise and say why you'll be late and then quietly join the meeting. Apologise if you get the opportunity, but don't make a fuss, especially if you've already alerted them that you will be late to the meeting. Okay, um, I think this came up as well. Don't tune out. Don't tune out when it's not your turn to speak or you know a topic that is of interest to you. It's disrespectful. It can be distracting to other people and it just comes across as selfish. And you're there to listen and learn as well as state your case. So, you know, maintain eye contact. Don't engage in side conversations. Don't clatter on laptops and that sort of thing. So make sure that you stay engaged. Yes, your head can go elsewhere. Your thoughts can go elsewhere, but you have to look apart. Remember I said, it's all about your behavior. Don't slouch. And somebody already said, don't yawn or eat inappropriately. There's a huge difference between letting people know that you're, you know, interested and engaged or disrespectful. And good posture makes a good impression. It shows the other attendees that you're taking the meeting seriously. So other distracting behaviours that you might not even know that you're doing could be tapping your pen, fidgeting, swiveling your chair from side to side, maybe tapping your feet or rustling your papers, or even making quiet noises, maybe like humming or clicking noises or something. So there's various ways that you can show you're not interested in what's going on. And you need to be conscious and you need to be careful not to be doing them. Um, so yes, be conscious of your body language. And obviously the, the yawn one specifically as well, that, that starts everybody else yawning. So you'll not be popular from that point of view either. Um, eating and drinking at meetings, you know, can be casual, um, but it can also be fraught with danger. So if you're nervous, there's always the worry that you'll spill something or you'll have a piece of lettuce stuck in your tooth that you don't know anything about until after the meeting. But if coffee is served at a meeting, tea or coffee served at a meeting, it's perfectly acceptable to drink it along with everybody else. The difficulty is if you are eating when no one else is eating, or if you bring something in like, you know, crisps or your rustling packaging, or indeed maybe you're eating something incredibly smelly. Maybe we're back to the, the feet again there. Um, 
So just be conscious of what you're doing and try to stick with what others are doing. Drinking water or drinking tea or coffee is usually okay, even if it's one that you've brought yourself to the meeting. I suppose other than making everybody else jealous that they don't have one. Um, And around eating as well, it's also important to clean up after yourself. So don't walk off and leave your empty crisp packet behind you or your cup, you know, your dirty cups and that. Even the most senior people at the meetings really should be cleaning up after themselves. But certainly don't you be the one to go in and and not do that. It will be noted. Um, Don't make excuses for your questions. It's sort of a bit of an odd one that, but it's really just again about the show of confidence and behavior. So it's really about giving that impression that you create when you ask questions. You want to ask questions assertively. And by that, I mean, when you ask a question, just ask it. Don't precede it with, I know I should know this, but, or is it okay if I ask a question? Or this might be a stupid question, but, okay, so you can see there that you're, you know, already setting yourself up as not possibly that it is a stupid question, but certainly that, you know, you're not appearing confident there. So if you have a question, just ask it. Try not to put in those sort of preceding qualifiers there. When you proceed your question, you know, with those sort of qualifiers, you're basically telling people that you're not confident. So just ask your questions directly without excusing yourself. I mean, you you could say if you feel that you're interrupting or something, you could say, excuse me, I'd like to ask a question. That's entirely different to saying, Uh, This might be a stupid question, but okay. So just be careful around the language that you're using too. Don't waffle or repeat what other people have said just so that you're saying something. Even if you're using it as a technique to have your voice heard, you should be able to be a bit more strategic than that. So you don't want to, remember, you you don't want to waste time. So you don't want to just be repeating or waffling on. The main thing here is that you're not there to waste other people's time. So if you haven't really got something new to say, then don't bother. And in the same but opposite vein, don't hog the floor. So no one wants to spend more time in a meeting than they have to. Keep your points short and to the point. Don't speak over other people. It can be very hard at times to get a word in edgeways. But if you just cut people off, then it shows, you know, a lot of disrespect for that person. So be careful about that. So, you know, if you need to put your hand up in a meeting or maybe you can make a sign to the chair or something that you'd like to make a point, you might want to indicate, you know, just by nodding at them or something like that, that you want to be able to put uh, to put in a point yourself as well. And in the same sort of line, don't put other people's ideas down. That was mentioned before in the chat too. Don't lose your temper and don't show your disagreements by things like, you know, rolling your eyes or crossing your arms or big sighs or anything like that. Remember that you're aiming for professional behaviour at all times. So, yes, you can disagree with what's being said, but you do that in a mature, professional manner rather than, rolling your eyes or huffing and puffing. Don't use your mobile de- your mobile device. Definitely have your phone on silent. A phone call during a meeting is a no-no, but it does happen. 
um, you might, if you ha if you know that you have to take a phone call, you might let the chair know as well that you're going to have to do that and step outside immediately to answer it. Try and have the notifications on your phone on silent. Um, you know, nobody wants to be listening to your notifications pinging away and absolutely don't be scrolling on your phone or your other devices. Even answering work emails, you know, when you're supposed to be engaged in the meeting, really isn't on. It happens, but it shouldn't really. Um, and don't be afraid to speak up. I'll get to more on that later. And don't leave early for the same reason that you should arrive on time. Also remember that you're there to the end as well. Okay. Ah, yeah, some some of you will recognize this. Um, I indicated to you earlier that you can sometimes be quite taken aback by behavior at meetings. And this was an example of an online parish council meeting that went viral quite recently because of the lack of total control and the lack of respect for others that was displayed. And I mean, it made the 10 o'clock news, so it was that that bad. It was also funny, but it's funny as, as a, an onlooker. And what I would say to you is that for the most part, I would be saying, you know, take your cue from the behavior, for your behavior from the, what's the norm in the company? You know, see how other people behave, take your cue from that. Essentially, what is the company culture? But if standards of professionalism are low, then please don't lower your standards to that. Help to raise the bar. Maintain your high standards rather than lowering them. There's, you know, a lot of variation between companies and even within companies, especially if they're if they're large. You should always be aiming for your best professional standards. And how you behave in meetings can have a positive or a negative impact on your career. And make sure that your behavior has a positive impact by helping you earn the respect of other people. So Karen, Roshi, do you want to say something? Yeah. yeah, I was just going to pop in because it was it was uh, um, linked to what, what you've just said. We had another, another comment from, um, from Nikki in the chat and uh, um, comment is that in some environments it can be more difficult to be on time. For example, she said that, that um, she worked in a diagnostic lab where colleagues were frequently late to meetings because equipment broke down or tests ran over. So again, I mean, that is specifically in that context. So, it you know, does happen. Yeah. I mean, we, we know, Karen, you and I would know that people are running from one meeting to the other and whether it's online or whether it's on campus, you, you need time to get from one to the other as well. And sometimes meetings run over and things. So it certainly does happen. The, the thing would be if you become known as that person who always turns up late, you know. So it's not a question of if it can't be helped, then yes, of course, you're going to be late. Just don't be take that as, um, I suppose, the bar for you that you're always late. You yeah. try your best to be there and on time. Give the organiser a heads up. If there's a chance that you think that you might be held up, just give the, the chair a heads up in advance. It might not always be possible, but as far as possible, um, try to let them know. But if it's the culture and practice, then, you know, I think just kind of be your best professional in that in that environment. Yeah, absolutely. The problem is that if everybody assumes that it's okay to run late constantly, then that's what, you know, happens for everybody. So, you know, if the norm is that everybody's 10 minutes late, well, why can't the norm be shifted to everybody's there on time, you know? So, 
remember that it's your behavior that you're dealing with rather than others. So just manage it as best you can, essentially. Okay, so then we've done a lot of the what not to do's and now what to do. So know why you're there in the first place. What are the objectives of the meeting? What do they want to get done at the meeting? Why specifically have you been invited? What is your role going to be at it? Do your preparation. We've already talked about that, but you know, have you read the minutes of the previous meeting? Especially if you're going into a company or you're starting on a new project for the first time, obviously being able to read up on what happened at the last meeting gives you a good heads up for this sort of thing that, that's going to come up at this one. So it can be a good place to find out some information about it. Um, have you completed the actions that were assigned to you? Have you read any papers that were sent out for this meeting? And you know, if you're representing your department, for example, um, do you know what you can commit to? What the opinion of the people in your department is? You may be expected to come up with suggestions for things. Have you thought about that? Um, and you know, it's always wise to bring something to make notes on. If nothing else, it helps you to stay engaged if you're able to, you know, be either writing or if it's appropriate to be putting things straight into your laptop. Do you show up on time? We've covered that quite a bit, but a little bit of, of something different there. So I've already said that it's important to not be late as best you can. Um, it's disrespectful and it's time wasting. However, there's also advantages in being a little bit early. So it's often when people from, you know, within different departments, within a department even, um, if it's a big department, get a chance to actually speak to each other socially. Um, depending on the meeting, you get a chance to socialize, maybe to build relationships, and that's always useful. You can also often get a sense of what the office politics is and also what the opinion is on the topic that you're meeting about. It also gives you a chance to settle down and organize yourself before the meeting starts. So especially if you're nervous, that can be a good thing to do as well so that you're you know, not rushing in. Do present yourself appropriately. Um, chances are that for internal meetings, how you dress in the office will be okay for internal meetings. However, if you're going to have an external meeting or meeting clients, just check what's expected of you. You don't want to be the one who turns up in jeans when everybody else has suddenly donned a suit. So, you know, just be careful and check that. Be positive. Sometimes it can be very hard, you know, to be in yet another tough meeting and have somebody there with a negative attitude that really tends to impact on everybody else's mood. And it just, you know, it, it's very negative. So being positive can create a good impression and can lift the mood and help to move things along. So even if, you know, you're in disagreement with other people or anything, at least having that sort of positive, upbeat attitude can help to, you know, give a good impression of yourself. And that's what we're talking about here. Be mentally and physically present. Not always very easy to do. Um, especially if it's a long and possibly boring meeting and maybe you're not necessarily involved in all of it, it can be hard to keep your attention from wandering. But it is important that you stay engaged because it will be very clear to those around you if you're listening or not. So make notes, 
maintain eye contact, indicate your engagement with, you know, nodding at the right time, facial expressions. You just never know when somebody might ask you a question and your head's gone somewhere else entirely. So try and be mentally and physically present. Be a good listener and keep an open mind. A productive meeting relies on participants listening well to others and actively participating in the discussions. It also means that you're open to other people's ideas and haven't already closed off your mind before you've heard what other people have to say. So show others that you respect their opinion and want to hear what they have to say. Actively listening helps you stay focused as well and you know gives you a chance to offer more meaningful responses. Ask open questions and I suppose that's that's a way of being able to, I suppose, get your voice heard as well. But, you know, knowing that you're asking open questions, and by that I mean ones that don't just have a yes or no answer to them, um, will give you an opportunity to sort of, you know, maintain a discussion rather than to close down a subject. So choose an appropriate time to ask questions. You don't want to interrupt others. But nor do you necessarily want to leave your questions until you've gone on to another subject or you don't want to leave your questions all to the end when people are trying to wrap up the meeting as well and you're not going to get the sort of level engage of engagement that you would want to. So I've already said to you, if you need to try and, you know, attract the chair's attention or something to be able to ask a question, put your hand up. If it's particularly rowdy, you may need to, you know, actually say your question out loud. It may be a case that someone's been hogging the floor for just too long and you have to assert yourself. Um, but hopefully being able to put up your hand or have the chair ask you, would you like to, you know, respond to that or something like that should be enough to be able to get your point across there. I have here attack the problem, not the person. And remember that everyone at the meeting is there for a reason and everyone's opinion, including your own, is valuable. Often conflict can arise because, you know, people are coming at an issue from very different angles. They might be because of the department that they work in or it might be because of, you know, personal viewpoints. Either way, it's important that your language does not become personal. Manage your language and behaviour so that you're always discussing the issue itself and not getting personal. Stay assertive and calm, don't get aggressive, maintain those professional standards. Know what your actions are, so don't leave the meeting without knowing if you have an action that you're responsible for and what the detail of that is. And also leave the meeting positively. So even if it has been a disappointing meeting or a heated meeting, Make sure to leave it in a positive manner. Smile, perhaps thank those who've organised it. See you next time. That was a good discussion. You know, that sort of thing can help to break up tension. And then it sets the tone for the next meeting as well. So that you're not leaving with a negative tone. Okay, a few words then about online meetings. And in general, the do's and don'ts for live meetings apply but there are a few others here too. So when you enter the meeting, and if it's a small meeting, don't sit with your camera and microphone off as if you aren't there. It's a chance to say hello to people and to acknowledge their presence and have them acknowledge yours. 
it's different, you know, if it's a big meeting when you might want to hang back in the background unless you're actually one of the, the speakers. It's very tempting when you're not speaking and your keyboard is right in front of you to get on with other work. But remember that it's usually obvious to other people, especially if your camera's on, that you're not paying attention. I can always see when people are, are doing other things. So stay off your keyboard and avoid multitasking during meetings. Remember, it's about creating that impression of, you know, being present, fully present at the meeting. Curate your background and also curate your desktop. We all love to get a look into other people's homes, but if you're in a work meeting, then you have to look like you're in a work meeting. So make sure that your background is appropriate for a work meeting and also that you're not sitting in the dark. If you're using a screen background, then make it neutral and appropriate. If you're likely to be sharing your desktop, then be careful to close down anything that you don't want every other participant to see. So if you've been typing up your shopping list or ordering online, remove all that from your desktop before you share. Stay seated and present. If you're supposed to be in the meeting, then you don't go wandering off um, just because you're not on screen. You've got no idea when you will be called upon or what you might have missed. So, you know, again, it's about building that impression. Don't eat. Um, you're way too close to the camera generally to eat. And if you're not on mute, we really don't want to hear all the rustling and chewing. At least online, we don't have to worry about the food smells, but they're, they're still all the, the noises. Um, and don't forget that you are on camera. So people sometimes seem to forget this and really, you know, we don't want to see you picking your teeth or examining your split ends or anything else. So, you know, be conscious and be aware of that. Um, and as you're on camera, you should still dress appropriately. So even online, if it is formal, dress the whole body appropriately, not just the top half. Don't have to be in high heels, but you do have to be, you know, presentable. Um, and just in terms of the actual technology, then I'm not the best person to, to discuss the technology with. Um, but make sure that you've saved the meeting details. So if it's Zoom, if you need a pin code so that you can be on time and not turn up late. So having to, you know, search for that whenever you're supposed to be on the meeting is not going to, to do you any favours. Check your audio. Mute your mic if you're not speaking. Use a headset if you can, just to minimise any background noise and try and switch off, you know, your pop-up email notifications if you can. So the same sort of etiquette applies to online meetings, except that you raise your hand electronically to interrupt or to ask a question. Um, and I also would say be careful about using the chat function. Use it judiciously and be professional. And if it is an informal meeting, I'm not saying that there, you know, there can't be a bit of humour, um, but keep it appropriate and don't let it take over because if nothing else, it becomes obvious that you're not paying attention to the meeting. And also be careful about sending private messages because unfortunately, often they're not private. So be very careful about that. And of course, I have to finish with this be aware of the filter or beware of the filter. And again, this is another 10 o'clock news item. Um, this is a, a meeting that went viral recently as well. It was a district court in Texas. 
and there was a judge and two lawyers and a county attorney. And apparently the attorney's child had been on the computer before him and put a cat filter on and they had no idea how to turn it off. So very funny for the rest of us, but we certainly don't want it to happen to us. So be careful about what's on your screen as well. Okay, so I want to then start about actually speaking up and why it can be difficult. Um, I suppose I'm really talking about trying to make it a little easier to speak up at meetings. Some of you will have no issue with that at all. Indeed, some of you, the issue might be getting you to stop talking at meetings. Um, but it's important for all of us to understand that some people find it very difficult to speak up when they are in meetings. And of course, that makes it harder to give a good impression of yourself. It also makes it harder to achieve the objectives of the meeting. So there's really no getting around the fact that it is something that you need to learn to do. You might never love it, but you can you know, learn to do it. So why is it so hard? Um, it can be something that's very unfamiliar to you. Formal meetings are usually just something that starts you know, when you get to the workplace. Some of you may well be in clubs and societies where, where you're on committees and that, and that's really good experience for you. Um, so if you're part of a committee, you know, re relish the, the experience and take advantage of being able to speak up at meetings and that. It takes a while to become familiar with the style of meetings in a particular company as well. Um, you might be unprepared. Of course, you won't after watching this. You'll always be prepared to go to your meetings. Um, perhaps it could be something that it's not something that you know a lot about or that you haven't you know, taking the time to prepare. So that might make you nervous. It, you might feel that you're on show, especially if your manager is there. Um, meetings are obviously where other people judge your capabilities. And, you know, remember, you might do a lot of good work behind the scenes, but unless you're able and willing to tell people about it, they won't know about that. So it's an opportunity for you to impress. Everyone else is experienced and they all know each other. And that can often appear the, the case. The experience thing can be difficult, especially you know if you disagree with somebody that has a lot more experience than you, it can be very hard to speak up and say that. So I'm acknowledging here that you know for a lot of people, it is difficult to speak up at meetings. There may be obvious conflict going on and you know that can, be something then that's difficult for, for people to overcome. You might just sense that there's a tension between some participants or topics that people know is go are going to be contentious. You might want to keep your head down and say nothing, and perhaps that might be the best thing to do in some cases. Um, but people who are naturally introverted prefer to think things through rather than talk things through. And a good chair should know that. Um, but it makes it difficult to join in discussions, especially if they're, you know, if it's quite a rowdy meeting or if there are lots of people in it. And it can also seem that everyone else is perfectly fine but at speaking up at the meetings. But I guarantee you, and this is from, you know, a great many years of experience, I guarantee you that at least some of them will be uncomfortable with it but they will have learned to do it, to overcome that. And with effort and practice, you know, because it's important to them to do it, 
and it'll be important to you too. So you'll be able to do it as well. Just don't assume that you're the only person person feeling that way because probably, you know, a third to maybe half of the people in the room feel that way. They just overcome it. Okay, so a little help then in speaking up in meetings. Um, I've already said that meetings are a place that gives you a chance to influence other people. And that's not just by your skills and experience, but also your behavior. And that's what you want to concentrate on here. So if you've been invited to a meeting, then the expectation is that you will take part in the meeting, not just you know be present, but actually take part in the meeting. So all of the things that I said in the do and don't slides are, you know, applicable here, obviously. Some good meeting leaders or chairs will recognize that some people find it hard to speak out and therefore will encourage everyone to speak up at the meetings. Because sometimes it's not that you don't have anything to say. It's literally just getting those first couple of words out. So having someone invite you to speak can be really very useful. And, you know, if your colleague or, you know, if the chair does this automatically, then it's great. But if you find it difficult, you might also want to ask a colleague to help you out there by just saying, so, you know, Karen, what do you think about that? And that might be all it takes for you to be able to start to speak at it. So think about maybe setting someone up to help you out there or help each other out that way. Um, so, as I said, some good meeting leaders will recognize that and will ask people to take turns in speaking, but others will ignore it. And sometimes only those who speak the loudest and the longest get heard. And that means that very valuable thoughts of those quieter individuals are lost. So I'm not going to say that it will suddenly become easy to speak at meetings. If it's not how you naturally behave, then it can be difficult to overcome this. But many of the people in the same meeting will be dealing with and overcoming exactly the same thing. So the first thing is to remind yourself that you will not be the only person feeling that way, even if it seems so. To some extent, you don't have to worry about how you're feeling inside because only you will be aware of that. And indeed, that's why you don't recognize that other people are feeling the same way. The key is to make yourself look like you're perfectly confident. So keep the eye contact, look engaged, actively listen to what's going on. People only see what is going on on the outside. So, you know, you just look the part to become the part. Before the meeting, make sure that you've done your preparation so that you go into the meeting as knowledgeable as you can be. I've already said turn up on time, but actually, if you're someone who's nervous or finds it difficult to speak up at meetings, I think that it's a really good idea to turn up a little early and that gives you a chance to speak to people as they come in and make sure that you do speak to them. It's much harder if the first words that you have to say are when you're you know, put on the spot in, in a meeting. If you've been speaking to people as they're coming into the meeting, just in a casual, friendly way, it's much easier then to, during the meeting, speak to them because you've already done that. So consider getting there early. Yes, other people might rush in late and you mightn't get an opportunity to talk too much, but there might be one or two who come early just to get themselves set up on that. 
and take the opportunity to have, you know, a small bit of chit chat with them. In Belfast, it's very easy for us all to talk about the weather, ask if they're busy at work, introduce yourself if you haven't met before, just be friendly and approachable. Before the meeting can be a really good time to form relationships with the other participants, which you're not going to have much chance to do during the meeting. And obviously, the easier those relationships are, the easier it becomes to speak up at the meeting as well. So if you're new to a company, then be prepared to introduce yourself in the meeting. You might get, you know, the team lead or the chair saying something like, I'd well like to welcome John to the meeting today. John, would you like to say a few words? And then you're put on the spot. So I'm telling you now, be prepared to say a few words about yourself. All you have to do is say, hi, I'm John. I've just started in the marketing department. I'm working with Marcy on the new website project. I look forward to working with you all. It's just a few lines, you know. If you're, you know, in a cross-departmental meeting, then you should also be prepared to introduce yourself in that meeting as well. So you might not be new to the company, but you're maybe new to a project group. And you need to be able to say a few words about your department or the particular work that you're doing. So you're, you're really just sharing the information within the team about where you're coming from, how, you know, why you're there, what you're representing. And this is something that you probably have to do quite regularly, depending on the sort of meetings that you have to go to. But especially in a large company where people don't know everyone, whenever you come to a meeting, you're often asked to introduce yourself to other people. So be prepared for that. And, you know, to be fair, especially if you don't like speaking up at meetings, to be forced to introduce yourself is a good way of doing that first speaking up and once you've done that it then becomes easier to talk about other things as well so once you've already spoken in the meeting whether that small talk at the beginning or introducing yourself basically the ice is broken and it's much easier then to speak up again have confidence that you've been asked to the meeting for a reason even if it is a team meeting you're you know as much part of the team as everyone else you have something to offer even if you are there to learn, and aren't we all really there to learn, um, then you can use the meeting to ask relevant questions as well. And asking questions is a good way to show that you're engaged without having to put forward your views. So maybe you haven't come up with anything yet. Um, maybe you're nervous about putting forward your views, but you could jot down a few questions before the meeting and ask them if they're relevant, and if there's an appropriate time to do it, it gives you a few, I suppose, starter points. Um, you know, if you can't come up with anything during the meeting, you may find it easier to add your agreement to somebody else. So, for example, you know, you might say, I was very interested in, in what Karen had to say. I think that's worth exploring. So you're not really, you know, coming up with something new or anything, but you're showing that you're engaged. You're showing what's caught your attention. And I would say, and I know this might be hard for, you know, people who find it difficult to speak up at meetings, um, I would encourage you to speak loudly enough because when you speak during the meeting, make sure to speak loudly and clearly so that everyone can hear you. It makes you appear more confident and professional. Obviously, I'm not talking about shouting here. Just make sure that everyone in the room can hear you. And of course, look at your audience because you don't want to be asked 
to repeat yourself because people haven't heard you. So if you're going to speak, make sure that they hear you the first time. Keep it short. You know, be assured that no one is ever unhappy if a meeting finishes early. So when you speak, just keep it short and to the point. And if you need to put it into context or give enough background so that everyone there understands you, then do that first. Prepare, you know, a thought or a question before you go in. And if you're suddenly asked what you think, you know, what you think, you can either bring it back to your question or voice your opinion. Put a couple of bullet points down just to start you off. Even if you don't speak up, you can still show that you're interested and engaged with your body language. So again, that nodding and smiling when appropriate. Make notes if you need to ask questions privately after the meeting or send an email or something, you know, if you need to progress things that way. And the more that you attend any meetings, the more confident that you do become, the easier that you find it. As I said, you might never love it but you will find it easier to be able to speak up at meetings. Okay, is there any questions before I move on to interview questions, especially because I, I see that we're quite late. So we didn't, we didn't have any more questions, Roisin, but, um, but we had another point which I think is worth mentioning. I answered it in the chat, but it was from Nikki just talking about the advantage um, that the online meetings offer with the chat function, you know, yeah. that for anyone who is just a wee bit nervous about, you know, speaking up in meetings that they can use the chat function. Yeah. I think that that's a really valuable point, you know, and would encourage students, particularly at this point, you know, um, in, the, um, in the pandemic, you know, to be yeah. used in the chat function in their lectures and in meetings and uh, and so on. Absolutely. So, so that's all, really. No, that's, that's a very good, valid point. Okay, folks, so just moving on to the interview questions there and, and I always start with this and I know if you've been on before you'll have heard this but um, I just want to remind you of the STAR technique for effectively answering interview questions. Basically you want to be able to tell the interviewer your story by putting your answer into context for them. Remember that interviewers will you know probably be interviewing quite a few people and they're asking the same questions and hearing a lot of the same answers so you basically want to be able to you know, put things in context and make it nice and simple for the interviewer. So when you're formulating your answer for your interview, try and follow this STAR technique. It makes your answers clear and logical, and it means that you're getting across the main points that you want to get across to them. So start by listening to the question. Think of the example that you're going to use. Hopefully you'll have prepared these before the event, but even if you have to think on your feet, Frame your answer into situation, task, action and result and describe the event or situation that you were in. Explain the task that you had to complete. What were the challenges? Describe the specific actions that you personally took to complete the task. And, you, you know, you can say what you did as a team, but you should also say what you personally did. And then finish with the results. What was the results of your actions? Were there benefits? Were there savings? What was the impact? So that's, you know, just a, a formula for you to be able to frame your answers. And here's some sample questions for you. So I said to you that, you know, you might not get asked specifically questions about meetings, but there's, there's a fair few here. What preparation do you do before attending a meeting? So obviously we've, we've put a lot of stuff in there about, you know, knowing what the objective is and reading the previous minutes and any papers and things. 
what would you take into account before organising a meeting? And again, it's all in there about um, does it have to be a meeting in the first place? Who should be there? What are the objectives? Where and when should it be? That kind of thing. How would you run a team meeting? You know, you're talking about wanting to keep everyone engaged, following that process, making sure that everyone is heard, making sure that the objectives are, are met. Um, how do you get your point across in a meeting? So we've talked a fair bit about that. How do you ensure that you maintain good working relationships with your colleagues? And again, talking about that level of professionalism and making sure that you allow people to, you know, to speak and, and that you get your voice heard and things like that. How do you ensure that every member of the team is allowed to participate? We've covered. Describe the personal skills needed to deal with conflict between other people. I mean, th that's specifically a question about conflict, but so much of that comes up in meetings that that's why I've put it in there. And again, just talking about those pro that professional sort of standards. And how do you impress in meetings? Well, I hope that that is what I have covered today. But is there any questions that anyone would like to answer or answered now that you've got myself and Karen, our careers consultant, two for the price of one? <laughs> yeah. So again, with another question from Nikki Roisin, um, saying, you know, I always find that I need time to process a meeting before I um, have questions. I think this is um, you know, quite a common experience for people during meetings. So do you think it's acceptable to ask questions after the meeting? So sometimes, you know, this is the thing about introverts again, that, and, and I know I'm sort of generalizing there, but generally introverts are, are the people who like to process the information, to think about it, where the extroverts are the people doing their thinking as talking in the meeting. Introverts want to be able to think it through. I think it's acceptable to say, you know, give me a moment to think about that and I'll come back to you. But unfortunately, meetings can move on quite quickly or they want to get a decision done at that time. And therefore, you know, it, it's going to be difficult to be able to ask for that time to wait till later. It just depends on what how the meeting is advancing, essentially. And that's partly why doing your preparation and, and thinking through as much as you can before the meeting is useful. Um, not everyone is going to understand that introverts need that thinking and processing time. So it depends on how well you know the people in the meeting as well to be able to say, you know, can you give me a bit to think about this and I'll come back to you. I think that's probably the best that I can say to you, Nikki, at the minute. Sometimes it will be appropriate and sometimes it won't be. And also, just to add to that, I completely agree, Roisin, just to add to that, in some contexts, depending on the situation, in some contexts, if particularly if there's guest speakers or, you know, depending on, on the context and content of the meeting, the um, speakers or the chair may say, if anybody has individual questions that they'd like me to take, you know, okay. please get in touch with me afterwards, you know, but again, it very much depends on the context and situation. Hopefully that helps. You have been listening to Find Your Future, a podcast from careers, employability and skills at Queen's University Belfast. 
For more career helps and advice, visit go.qb.ac.uk slash careers.